Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-A-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works. Blake, who is your celebrity doppelganger? You ever seen the guy from the CarMax commercials? Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, a man who was once greeted with too much enthusiasm that I might be Andy Dale, who is 52 years old, and I'm here with my co-host, who has never been mistaken for someone as 22 years older than him, Toby Walters. Uh, doesn't that say Andy Daly? Who's Andy Dale? I don't know. I, you know, I don't pronounce things. That's like part of the bit. Okay. When I looked it up, that is the guy from the CarMax commercials. I've seen him in other things. Like he's a bit actor, like a comedic actor. You look decently enough like him, I guess. Ouch, Toby. (laughs) Just tell me you hate me. So, uh, I, I've said this ever since this happened and, uh, like this is a true story in high school. One time a girl said that I look like a cross between Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. And I've been riding that train for the rest of my life. And it's so sad because Toby didn't know what sarcasm was at that age yet. <laughs> and he didn't know. No, she actually had a crush on me. So I think she was just being nice to try and get my attention, but it was not attention that I specifically wanted at that time. Like I didn't reciprocate the feelings of this particular girl. So that's not who you got married to then? It was not. No. It was, it was your third wife, right? <laughs> that's right. Shelly is at least my first wife, if potentially my third. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. So uh, Blake, what do I do when it's cold in Nashville in winter? You uh, complain about it. You go to Florida and you put um, paper products on your armpits. (laughs) Are we okay to say that? Is that too far? Sure. No. So, uh, yes, I very recently went to Florida to visit churches because, I mean, these poor Florida churches are so lonely in the winter that they need us to come and just, you know, love on them and spend some time with them. So I'm down there and visiting churches. I got to visit with several great churches. And then I get a message in our company chat from Dave Rodiger, who's like, I'm in South Florida. And I'm like, Dave, I'm in South Florida. You didn't plan that? I assumed y'all had planned that. No, we didn't plan it at all. I had no idea that Dave was going to be there. This is why it'll be fine is in his brain. Yes. And so Dave was actually there for Chauvet um, with their thought leaders group. He was down there with several other of our good friend, like church tech leaders. And Chauvet was doing a grand opening of their new showroom in like South Florida, they're in Fort Lauderdale area. And so he got invited to go to that with several of the church techs. And you were his plus one? Well, I quickly became his plus one. He was like, bro, you should come over and just hang with us. And so I was like, sweet. I'm, you know, I'm free tonight. And so I go. And so Chave, it's, you know, imagine the church gear warehouse, but it's a whole lot bigger. Like Chave is a worldwide brand. They have offices like in Europe and Asia and Great, so, we should buy them, use their space. Obviously, we mm-hmm. need space in South Florida. <laughs> yep. So you go in and then you go into, they have like a, a showroom, that's what they called it. And they did a demo 
which was, Blake, you remember when we went to MXU and D&B did the demo of Soundscape? I'll never forget one of the most like pleasurable moments of my life. So it was kind of like that where um, they it was set to a song like they had done an entire like I'm not a lighting guy. I'm going to mess up the terminology, but like they had done an entire scene mapping thing and using, using words poorly, Blake. That's lighting how lighting directors talk though, their eyes just like right that. Now. And so, yeah, it was like this five minute, you know, concert where they played the song in a video and they had an entire lighting display that went along with it. And as, you know, as more of an audio guy, I like, if you turn on more than three lights, I'm like, Ooh, impressive. Honestly, what was so distracting is the room wasn't tuned. So the sound was really bad. Like they're playing a great tune and it's really loud and the lights are doing these amazing things. And all I can think of is like, well, if we could just put up some acoustic panels in here, this would really help. And so, I mean, I don't have a lot to complain about. They're letting me come to this really cool kickoff night. And it was a great light show. They have a lot of amazing products. And then they uh, had like, you then go through into their warehouse and they're hosting like hundreds of people came from all over the country to be part of this night. And um, so they had, you know, cocktails and they had empanadas. And so I'm hanging out with Dave and Sweet Pete and uh, Jeff Watkins. I was and, very jealous seeing the photos. I know. A bunch of our friends in South Florida, guys from Christ Fellowship and Church by the Glades and other um, other great people. And um, so we're, we're all hanging out having, I putting up air quotes right now, a conversation because they also had a live cover band on stage in their warehouse at like full concert volume. And so we're all just screaming at each other, trying to have a conversation. And then we just kind of shrug our shoulders like, well, yep. You know, so we're quickly trying to decipher sign language. And so it was, I mean, regardless of that, it was a really fun time. It was a great time to uh, hang out with some of our buddies. And there was one guy there that I was like, dude, this guy has to be the doppelganger of our guest today. And the guy at the event is, he's the lead lighting director at Life Church. And so I was, I even told him, I showed him a picture on Facebook of our guest. And he was like, we do look a little bit alike. So apparently our guest and the lead lighting designer of Life Church are each other's doppelgangers. And is that like celebrity doppelgangers or production or celebrity production doppelgangers? I don't know. Let's find out. Ready to take the stand uh, for the accusement of being the doppelganger of this guy is the live production director of audio for Gateway Church, Brandon Kahn. Brandon, are you running a con? Are you actually two people? Were you that guy? <laughs> no, that was not me. <laughs> Allegedly. Maybe Allegedly. we got separated at birth or something. I don't know. And the funny thing is, so Dave sent a picture with all these production guys, and he's like hanging out with all these great production guys. And I look at it, and I'm like, I think that's Brandon Kahn. And then Brian, <laughs> our chief of staff, looks at it and says, is that Toby? So apparently I look like them as well. That's hilarious. I mean, we all have glasses, you know. Yeah, we're all just good looking We dudes. all think we look like Tom Cruise. Yes, right? obviously. So, I mean, we got a lot going for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see if what you have going. Guys. Let's see if uh, what you have going for you is uh, being able to lie really well. Let's do some five right. truths and a lie. I'm ready to beat Toby's butt in 2024 since he won last year. Aren't you already losing? We haven't totaled anything yet. Uh huh. I, I Toby doesn't <laughs> see the sheet. All right. Number one, I have mixed an event for President Donald Trump. What? No, I'm not going to tell you. Number Keep two. Keep going. I am Sam Houston's second cousin, seven times removed. Who's Sam Houston, Blake? He is a Texas legend. 
Number three. <laughs> Close enough. I have been on over 20 tours mixing front of house. That's a decent amount. Number four. I don't feel good about any of these. These all feel like mm. they would be true. Okay. Number four. I blew up a subwoofer behind the church building. <laughs> now, when he says that, is that with dynamite or is that with sound? I mean, if it's true, we'll definitely get the story. I hope it's dynamite. Number five, I hit 145 dB capital C off the dash <laughs> with a car audio <laughs> subsystem. Capital C. You're so cute, Blake. <laughs> I figured that's important. Number six, I have been mixing audio since the age of 13. All right, so four years now. I don't have a freaking clue all of these feel like they could be true. So I'm going to say number two is not correct. Sam Houston, I'm going to go with he's not his second cousin seven times removed. I mean, I would believe that because Brandon just has Texas in his blood. He, uh, you know, he woke up one morning born and just had his forklift certification and a and a six shooter in his pocket. So. And a, <laughs> a cup of uh, Bucky's coffee. That's right. Um, yeah. So... I'm going to guess that he didn't mix an event for President Donald Trump. I'm going to guess maybe he mixed an event for Donald Trump, but he wasn't president. So there's, you know, a sneaky little lie. I'm going to see if I'm as smart as I think or really actually pretty dumb. Mm. All right. Brandon, representing all of Texas right now, whether or not y'all are good liars or not, what's the lie? Did we get it? All right. Well, once a president, always a president. Um, I'm going to tell you that the lie is I have been – on over 20 tours mixing front of house. That is the lie. Ugh. Everything else is true. I always go for the number ones. Why didn't I keep my strategy? <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so the guest won on this time. Yep, he yeah. got the point. Okay, awesome. so is it, uh, obviously it's less than 20 tours. You have not mixed front of house. Yeah, I mean, I've gone on some some like basic one-offs and stuff, but I've never, never gone on like a tour bus, you know, taking a tour with a band, anything like that. So... Well, how many um, tours have come through Gateway, and do you ever mix front of house for those tours when they come through Gateway? Uh, I mean, I have a couple back in the day, but now nowadays everybody brings their own front of house engineer. So, yeah. um, no respect. I'm more specifically saying like on tour with a band on a bus, you know. Okay. For months at a time. So. But you're from Texas, so if they bring their own front of house engineer, don't you just put your gun on the table and say, <laughs> "I am yeah. the front of house engineer." <laughs> No, they, they no, we don't do that. They walk We're off sure. thirty paces and and they duel. <laughs> yep, that's right. Okay, so uh, tell us about uh, mixing an event for President Donald Trump. What what, what time was that? Because I think the win is pretty important for the story there. Yeah, that was in twenty twenty. Um, it was kind of a, a event that popped up uh, here at Gateway. Gateway hosted it at our Dallas campus, and I got the phone call a couple of days before. Uh, my boss was like, "Hey, um, we have an event coming through. I can't tell you much about it." Uh, but it involves the president. So I was like, sign me up. I'm there. Um, so that was that was a really fun kind of off, off the cuff, just kind of, hey, we need you. Um, so that event was very stressful. That's probably my most stressful event I've ever done with 12 panel mics and two mics on the president. Wow. Um, yeah. So had an auto, the Dugan auto mixer running, all those. And yeah, it was a fun event. So and what kind of security protocol did you have to go through in order to? Oh yeah, everybody event? went through, you know, super background checks and everything like that. They had already done it apparently a couple of days before. I guess I didn't know about it. Hmm. Um, but anyway, the government has they can do what they want. So, um, and any that unique happened. plugins that you used on President Trump's voice. So the president's mic, I didn't have anything on it. I didn't want to rely on anything failing. Um, so it was just two. 
uh, sure tabletop kind of gooseneck mics uh, straight into the system. So I, it was on a, a, a Digico SD10, so I just had the, the basic EQ and the dynamics on it. Um, but everybody else, the rest of the panel, they were on uh, gooseneck, mi gooseneck mics as well uh, through the Dugan Auto Mixer through Waves. So that was really handy. But yeah, I had my fingers on President Trump's mic both channels the whole time. So, uh, of course, one was one was muted in case the other one failed. But, um, you know, that's the money channel. So that does sound like high stress. That's like mixing for the Church Gear podcast. I mean, that is it doesn't get much bigger than that. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, did anything happen? Like as your, you know, new acquaintance and maybe friend, I don't want anything stressful to happen to you as the host of this podcast. I do want there to have been something crazy. So was there anything on that day that was like, oh, man, this yes. this almost like went wrong? I wouldn't say wrong. So there was two things. One, um, where we had him placed on the stage, directly above him was a truss bar, like an eight-foot truss bar with some lights on it, and it was dead hung. It wasn't on motors. And about 15 minutes before the event, the security comes up, and they're like, hey, you guys need to take that out of the air right now. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we're like, good luck. <laughs> like, we have nothing here to do that. We're all in suits. There's no lift. You know, there's only like four of us. Um, so they, we convinced him to move the chair like three feet downstage. And so that was a good compromise. Um, so that was one thing that happened. The other thing is that when we got there on show day, um, it was come in the building, go through the metal detectors that they brought in and go straight to front of house. There was no like walking on stage, checking batteries, doing anything like that. Like you would normally do in a production. Um, so we were sitting at front of house for three or four hours, just waiting for the event to start. Mm. Uh, they did allow somebody to go around and tap the mics for me. But other than that, it was it was pretty, you know, off limits on stage the whole day. So it was crazy. Yeah, that's scary because just recently I was at church and someone's mic went dead and I saw someone make the run and I was like, yep, it's them batteries. And yes, it was the batteries. Yep. So not to get to do those checks. That sounds scary. <laughs> always the batteries. I mean, it's always a battery. So. All right, so uh, Brandon, I'm just—I have a, an episode of MythBusters in my head, just imagining you guys out back with a sub behind the church building, yeah. just trying to blow it up, see what happens. So, t give us the story there. Well, this was at our first, our very first campus, and I probably would be fired if I did it today. <laughs> um, but it was just like an old Mackie subwoofer that we had upstairs, and it was—it was blown, or the the amp was bad in it, so. We were going to trash it, right? So I just got to get that out there. We're going to trash it anyway. Um, so you're like, hey, let's take an extension cord, cut the end off of it, and take the leads directly to the speaker and plug it into the wall and see what happens. So we did, and, you know, 60 hertz directly to the woofer for like a minute, and then it's just like, and then it just smokes and, and just explodes. And so... That was a fun little experiment, you know, an audio day experiment. We need to give a disclaimer. Yeah. Do not try this at home, kids. Did you right, film? Right, did right. you film that, Brandon? Do you have a video of that? We still? didn't. I mean, this was like two thousand and seven, eight. Like the iPhone, I don't even think it was out yet. So mm. I had a flip phone. I, you know, back, videoing things like that were were not a thing. Um, so it's going I directly. Wish we had though. That was fun. But we definitely do all remember it, and we talk about it often. So he was recording straight to tape, just like you know Scorsese. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, please explain to Blake what 145 dB capital C means. <laughs> yeah. So a, there's there's A weighting and C weighting, you know, on a dB meter. Uh, those are the two typical uh, ones you'll find. Um, and the A weighting is like basically doesn't calculate any low end. And so the C weighting brings in the low end. So when you're um, in car audio, um, 
it's there's tons of subs, not a lot of quality. Um, and so at competitions, you know, you build your system and then you go to local competitions and stuff. Um, they'll put a, an RTA mic on the dash and they'll give you like a frequency and they'll, they'll burp it. Right. Um, so they'll burp it and it was freaking loud. And so that, that day, um, you know, a buddy of mine, we built, we, we built a, a sub box in his truck and it was like four fifteens, and mm. we took the, we took the back seat of the truck out, took like three or four sheets of MDF plywood, made our own speaker box, um, and just had fun with it. And so, yeah. And that, that was that break any windows or cause any damage or make any brown notes. <laughs> right. No. No. I mean, it's, it was just a Chevrolet. I mean like a 2000 model Chevrolet extended cab. So, um, yeah, it didn't break anything, but it sure does rattle everything. So, I mean, it doesn't sound pleasant. It's just loud. So man, that's, that's kind of like Blake's voice. You beat yeah. me to that one. <laughs> Speaking of something that is pleasant, though, that we would like to turn up is the uh, history of your tech background. You know, you've been in Gateway for 18 yep. years plus, 16 years plus. I mean, that's a long time. Tell us about how you got connected there, uh, both about like how you got how you got to Gateway and how uh, you've grown at Gateway and Gateway has grown itself. Yeah, it's been really great. I've been here since 2005 ish. Uh, the older, the longer I'm here, the, the more blurry that gets, um, <laughs> trying to remember the older I get. Um, but you know, I grew up in East Texas, um, uh, started mixing when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14 in, in church, you know, I grew up in a, in a musical family. Dad was a worship leader. Mom was a pianist. Uh, my sister sings and plays guitar. So we're just, we were always around music. And so, um, in my early years, loved to take apart my dad's stereo and put it back together and all that type of stuff. And then, so growing up in church, it just kind of became a thing, you know, to get involved with, with sound. And so, um, the local church that we went to started getting my hands dirty and, and poking around. So that's when I would probably have done something wrong. Like, and I would have been up there on like a Friday night, jacking around with the stuff. And then you have the older sound guy coming in Sunday morning going, what happened to this stuff? You know, that's, <laughs> that's probably when I would have done that stuff, not realizing what I was really messing up, you know? Um, so yeah, started doing that at an early age. Um, music just has been a thing in my life, uh, that and sound growing up. So went to college for actually like a drafting, I was going into drafting and, did a couple of years of college um, and just didn't really feel like that was what I needed to do. I was kind of like bored with college. Um, and so when I was like 18, 19, 20, started to kind of like ask like, what well, God, what do you want me to do? You know, where do you want me to be in life? And so he highlighted the audio world. You know, I'd already been kind of doing it at church at a young age. So I really loved doing it. Didn't really know that there could be a career in it. Um, and so I pursued that, um, went to some sound schools, um, worked for some local companies, some AVL, like installation type companies that also did some local tour stuff, local stops. Um, and then 2004 and five, I moved up here, uh, not for Gateway, but I moved up here um, just to get to the bigger city um, to explore um, and worked for a local AVL company here. And my good friend, uh, Blake, uh, was on staff at Gateway at the time. He was he was over the tech. 
I remember and that greatly, was, Brandon. <laughs> I, I I remember us being on staff together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blake Hodges, yeah. Um, so my now my friend Blake Davis, um, we grew up together and he moved up to Dallas way before I did and went to CFNI and then became on staff for Gateway as like the tech tech director at the time. And so he and I kept in touch when I moved up here. Um, and I moved and I, I lived here for a year and a half before um ever like pursuing Gateway as a place to work. I just didn't know it at that time, but I kind of was like, hey, what's Gateway? You know, and so uh, we got to talking more. Um, I visited on a weekend and when I visited, um, I remember, I remember it very vividly, um, where I was in the service. Um, I remember worship. I remember the color of the lighting. Um, I just had that, a worshipful like moment with God and he was like, Hey, this is where I want you to be, you know? And so I just, I, I remember that being a thing. I remember hearing from him that this is where he wanted me to be. Um, and so I got back with leadership and, uh, talked with my family and just kind of like, you know, was seeking wise counsel about the situation. And I was like, hey, I, I think I would really like to be here, um, you know, whether that's part time volunteer or whatever. Um, so I started actually volunteering before anything. So I, you know, Blake had me volunteering. I think my first gig was um, there was a Paul Balash event here in like 2005. And they were like, hey, we need a monitor engineer. And at that time, I hadn't ran monitors on any like digital consoles. It was a PM a PM1D, mm. um, and so I remember just like, "Hey, like sign me up. I'll come and do whatever it takes." That just was very interested in it. And so, once I came and did that, I was just I was hooked, you know, on 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 Gateway and just everything that, that it meant, and the worship, the quality, everything. Um, and so, volunteered for a few a few months. Um, I want to say it was like a year. I was volunteering for a while, and then became part time. Um, and then around 2007, eight, I became a full-time employee, um, as a, like a full-time monitor in front of house engineer and did that for several years. Um, and then kind of worked myself up to leadership level. And so here I am. So it's been great. I love being here. Um, by now we have a really big live production team. And so it takes a, it takes an army. Uh, to do what we do, as as most any church production uh, can understand that. And do you know um, how many staff are part of the production team at Gateway? Man, I'd be lying. I'm going to guess, I mean, there's at least, you know, 20, 30 full-time, and then we have a ton of part-time and a, and a slew of volunteers that we love and could not do what we do without it. So um, there do, are a ton of us on staff. Do they all follow the same track as you of volunteering for a year before they're on staff? We do that same thing at church gear, but our, <laughs> our period is about what, five, six years of volunteering. Yeah, I mean, Blake, you keep pushing that further and further back with your terrible performance. You keep so. telling me to raise the bar, but I'm like, man, this bar of volunteering <laughs> is getting long. Yeah. I mean, we do have an age requirement. Obviously there's that. Um, if we see talent in somebody or someone's really wanting to get involved and like, Hey, I want to get involved. Put me wherever you want. Like we're gonna put some. We're gonna put them. Uh, we're gonna plug them in and and get them um, serving. You know, um, we, there is like there are those key places like front of house and monitors and maybe a CG operator or a, or a video director that we're not gonna put them in the hot seat like the first weekend. There's gonna be a process where we take a month or so to kind of let them shadow. Let them get their hands dirty for a couple of weeks, and then like before they're solo is what we called. So there is a process. We want to steward that as well. Um, you know, we want to maintain that level of of excellence, and 
Um, you know, because there's there are all those key player key players that can, you know, if something goes wrong, you got to know how to fix it. You know, so. So with such a large team, obviously you guys have to find people to fill positions. You have a lot of positions there. And so do you guys have any secret sauce when it comes to mm-hmm. recruiting and hiring people? Or are you just mm-hmm. like every other church that's like, dude, we're just doing the best we can trying to find good candidates? Yeah, we're always looking for good candidates. We're always, there's always, a, there's almost always a, a position that's available that we're hiring for. Um, and we we open it up for everybody to apply for those um, we seek out, you know, we want really good talent. We want you to have a really good heart and feel called here, you know, first, um, and, and to be a part of the team. So to me, it comes down to that. And, and, you know, obviously talent is a thing Like you got to know what you're doing, but we really want to know, like, this is where you feel called to be. Um, you, you feel like this is what you don't do long-term. And so we're kind of asking those questions. Um, but we open it up to, to everybody. And of course, those of us that have been on staff for a while, um, our team members that have been here a while, um, we probably would lean toward them if they if we wanted to restructure or move them into a spot. Um, it is more challenging when you when you do that though. If you move someone from campus A to campus B, then you have another hole. So yeah, we cal- we we are always like thinking and mindful of of all of those things because um, it is a it is a challenging process and one to steer it and one to manage and hold. Um, you know, as we grow and stuff. So uh, what do you a, feel like is, hard... is your biggest yeah. um, roadblock to hiring at Gateway specifically? Is it, you know, finding people that fit the culture well, finding qualified candidates, um, even just paying what, you know, the industry is paying out there trying to match those salary ranges? Um, it's probably, I think talent is out there all day long. I think you can find it on every corner. It's really the heart. I want to know, like, I want to dive into your life and feel like this is where you really want to be. Uh, do you love what you do? Those types of things. Um, I think talent is is important, but I think it's. Um, I don't think the heart side of things is looked at enough in the, in the industry. Um, you know, because we're all about. I mean, you'll hear me say it several times. We're all about people here. So uh, everything we do, we try to have that kind of mindset first. Um, you know, yes, tech is important and the abilities that you can bring to the table. Um, but you know, if you have a sore attitude, you know, and just, you know, negative all the time, well, that might, that might lean to us picking someone else. Does that make sense? So, and so I'm guessing you guys just, you won't hire someone out of desperation. You'll wait for the right fit, even if it might be a little painful rather than hiring the wrong person just to get a warm body into the seat. Yeah, but there have we we do that is true. But there have been times where it's like, hey, we have a hole, and like we need to we need to put someone in that spot pretty quickly. Who do we know? Like, we we might have a pool of of ten engineers that we know of that we can call up at any moment. And say, hey, would you want to come do a day rate, or would you want to come fill in? We have had those you know pop up often. So, and that might be like an ex uh, gateway employee, or just a, a friend, or or someone in the industry, or. Um, or just a freelance, you know, because there's our guys that and gals that freelance, and that's what they do. So we do have that kind of pool uh, to be able to to pull from 
when we need it. And would that include Blake Hodges now that he knows what 145 dB capital C means? Yeah, that, and he just rewired <laughs> your, your studio. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, you say, you know, the heart really matters. I can tell you, nobody's more enthusiastic than me about the church. So, well, maybe I, I can't say that, but I'm very enthusiastic. Yeah. So, you just t- teach yeah. me the buttons. I mean, he said, he said talent is on every corner, not your corner, Blake. But enthusiasm, yeah. you were brimming with enthusiasm, Blake. Look, guys, after I got yeah. saved, I had to stop being on the corner. But I can tell you <laughs> that I have enthusiasm in folds. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon, I will say one more oh, thing, though, yeah, to hit add us, to hit that us. real quick, is that um, process is real important for us and where we kind of strategically bring people on, on board. So uh, I just wanted to highlight that, like, for volunteerism, which we're always seeking out volunteers, um, you know, for audio, we'll we'll probably put them like on stage and we'll put them as a monitor board assistant so they can like kind of get the feel of of what's going on, right? And by two, three weeks into it, we're going to know whether or not they want to be here or they're interested. Um, and then we kind of say, okay, you got monitor board assistant down. Let's, uh, let's, let's get your chops up on monitors. And then, because a lot of people, I think, come in to churches thinking they just kind of want to go straight to front of house, you know, and I think it's important to, to note that if you're willing to put in the hours, put in the effort to kind of go step one, two, and three, um, and, and honor that process, then I think, I think God will highlight and put you in, in the place that he wants you in that right, in that right moment in that season. That sounds like a really good tip, like a good tech takeaway early, but just like, if you're looking yeah. for the right person, are they willing to accept the less sexy yes. role? And if they're mm-hmm. looking enthusiastic on that, then that's a good person for the role. Right. Yep. Um, Brandon, I know that you guys are, I, I won't say constantly, but often launching campuses. And I'm sure that is a huge responsibility of the production team. Um, how do you guys approach that gear wise? Are you like copy and paste when you put a new system in a new campus? Or are you guys like in-house integrators having to figure out the new what each thing needs all the time. And are you only launching new campuses because everything by law must be bigger in Texas? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, we are always growing, um, always, you know, gear is always changing. Um, so we have to keep that in mind as we, as we build systems, obviously consistency is consistency and quality are, are, are big factors in what we do. Um, so building campuses, um, we, they are somewhat cookie cutter on the major pieces of gear. Uh, we talk about consoles and PA and, and video and cameras and stuff like that. That's going to be kind of cookie cutter. Um, we do work with an integrator to put that together on paper, uh, make sure all the, the puzzle pieces are in the right spot and they, they are the ones to integrate it with us. Um, but when it comes to like the design and how we want it to be, we work with them hand in hand to make sure. Um, the system's going to be the gateway standard, if you will. Um, so that's kind of our process, kind of working with them. Of course, we have a systems team here uh, in the live production department that that kind of holds that that standard uh, and works directly with the integrator to make sure that 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 happens from from design to to, to turnkey. Um, and then we come in on the back end um, when it comes to like console prep and stuff like that on the last few weeks um, to get the system up and running, get it tuned um, and just kind of put our, we don't come in last minute, if you will, you know, we come in early in the process. They kind of, it's kind of a handshake deal 
So, and I see you're sitting in front of a, uh, I believe that's an SD seven behind you. Is that what's at every campus as well? So no, this, (laughs) this is our broadcast console. It's the quantum seven. So every campus is Digico. Um, so smaller campuses will be like an SD 12 or an SD eight even. Um, so, and some campuses have clang and they don't have a monitor console, Hmm. um, if they're smaller campuses, but we keep that, um, the brand, we try to keep the brand on the major pieces the same. Um, I mean, that that just goes down to training and development. If, if you send a volunteer to this campus, to that campus, to that campus, there's consistency there with look, sound, and feel, um, which is the look, sound, and feel, when I'm talking about that, is um, kind of our brand guide that we we build with the worship department, the media department. Mm-hmm. And we, we want that look, sound, and feel, that brand guide, if you will, to, to, to be similar at each campus. So Blake, he's speaking your language. He is speaking my language on brand, but also on efficiency, because obviously we all know I'm not a tech director, but if someone told me to write a top 10 list of things that are helpful, it's having the same system in every church, even the same church rooms. My best friend's a worship pastor. And when I saw his shoulders sag in relief, when all of their rooms had the same console of just how easy it is, as you say, for volunteers to jump around for scheduling gets easier. Training gets easier. That seems to be like, if we had a top 10 tech takeaways, that'd be on the list. Nice. Yep. So Brandon, I know as with uh, any big multi-site growing church, like you guys have 50,000 events and you're launching campuses and you have Sunday mornings. Like how do you guys as a team just manage who needs to go where and not die in the process? Yeah, it's a big, I mean, scheduling, we use PCO for for all of our events. It's we have a whole scheduling department. Like we've, we've over time, we, we haven't had these, um, these departments laid out so cleanly as they are now. Um, each campus is kind of, I hate to say on their own, but each campus has their own team, their own uh, live production manager that stewards and manages the team at that campus. And then we have our central team, which manages and stewards the South Lake campus. Um, so you have, you have one big team, you know, we have a one big audio, video and lighting departments, but we were all scattered out um, throughout the Metroplex, you know, um, worship is all live at each campus. Um, playback, we play sermon back for all the satellite campuses. So um, we stay connected that way. Some campuses are at the same time. There's different times uh, for other campuses, um, but we roll out the same, you know, standards and procedures um, from campus to campus, uh, from a central perspective. Um, so that's how we kind of can keep kind of things at bay, um, with the look, sound and feel, you know, console layouts, you know, the way the, the room is looking and, uh, video equipment and stuff like that. Um, so we, it's, it's kind of easy once things are rolling, like it takes a campus, you know, a good couple of months to really get, uh, well oiled, um, you know, to be kind of our standard, if you will. So. And um, one of the most unique things that I've heard from you and, you know, the Gateway crew talking about is just your prison ministry. Can you just like tell us a bit about what Gateway does there and how unique it is? Yeah, the prison ministry is really awesome. Um, It's one of those things that like me personally, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand it, it it much until I actually went to the prison. When I went to the prison and saw what we were doing 
and how we were ministering um, to the people there, like I kind of got back home and like kind of broke down a little bit and like um, had a massive like heart failure. It felt, you know, so it's, um, it's just a world out there that, that is, that is hurting um, that needs Jesus needs the gospel. Um, They don't have a whole lot of tech equipment. And so, you know, one thing that we do is um, we're working with uh, KCBI radio station uh, here in Dallas, and we're launching radio stations uh, at, at, at six to eight camp uh, prisons. It's like we're, we're launching, there's a, there's a radio station inside um, the prison. And so there's a, there's a, there's a prisoner there. That's a DJ. Um, he or she creates content. They have guests like it's a full blown out radio station. Um, and so we're deploying radio. Uh, we're kind of like piggybacking off old technology in a way we're using the, the coax lines through the building and we're, we're able to run like the signals through the building. And so you've got people in their cells with little FM radios that they're listening to sermons and worship mm-hmm. on. And so having life changing moments in their cell. And so we, we get to be a part of that, which is really cool. Um, and just, it's just a world that, that, you know, I didn't realize was such a, would be such a big impact, you know? And so, um, you know, when someone gets out of prison, it's like, it's not so much, it's more like, Hey, how can we keep them going back? And how can we get them plugged into church? Like as soon as they get out, that's kind of like the other half of the coin. It's yes, we're ministering them now where they're there. We're giving them all these resources. And when they get out, let's, how do we, how do we, how do we get them into church, get them involved? Um, I mean, they could be the, the, one of the DJs could be the next audio engineer, right? At a campus. Yeah. Like that would be pretty cool. Um, so it's, it's a big deal right now. Uh, and what I say, we're six, we have six, we're in six prisons uh, and two are being built. So um, we're going to be in eight, eight prisons before we know it throughout Texas. So. And are you guys doing any live events where like you and the production team are on site at these prisons? Yes, we have. We've built out several that are like, it's a small like gym and it'll have a, a little PA in it, no lighting. And our worship team will actually go out there uh, and do like a night of worship. And so we'll send an engineer and, and they'll mix, you know, for them. Um, but we've outfitted several of these campuses that, that, they're watching the sermons like where they're they're watching the service there in their uh auditorium um as if it was a church service here you know they're meeting there the inmates are meeting there and having church and they're basically watching back what we did on sun saturday and sunday the next wednesday Mm. and so every week there's there's church services uh we're playing back the content that we played here there's several times uh a a year that I know of that we go out there and do nights of worship and we support those as well. So it's really fun. Blake, I feel more confident in your future now that you will have some gateway influence when you inevitably end up in prison. You beat me to that joke, Toby. <laughs> I was going to say it brings me great comfort to know that uh, I'll have them there. And yes. I, I do love that story because I see the Instagram comments all the time that of people that are like, why does, pro- why does the church need all this production? Yeah. Why do they need yeah. all these these this tech? And I'm like, they're like, it should be about Jesus. I'm like, you know how you make it about Jesus? Making sure people can hear about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
Um, do you guys want to play a little uh, Texas trivia? Nope, but I'm yeah. going to have to anyways, because that's my job. So, uh, a little scared I f- about this one. I figured just be funny. I'm going to ask pretty simple Texas questions. And, you know, let's give Blake like two seconds to answer before you inevitably <laughs> right. know the answer, Brandon. They call that a delayed draw. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Blake, I mean, I, I hope you at least know some of them. So, Blake, you get like two seconds. And if not, Brandon then gets to throw out the answer. But what is the uh, official nickname of Texas? The Lone Star. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. The Lone Star State? Yes. 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 Wow. All right. wow. All right. Now that I'm up, I don't think I get the delay while if I'm up. So let's. Uh, okay. Okay. So now it's whoever whoever yep. gets it first. Which river forms the border with Texas and Mexico? The Border River. <laughs> the the Mexico Margarita mudslide. Brandon, can you help him out here? Guadalupe or the Rio Grande? The Rio Grande. Yeah. Yes. Guadalupe is in uh, San Antonio, I believe. Okay. I, I sure hope one of you shouts this out immediately. What is the state capital of Texas? Dallas. Austin. Oh, boy. I don't know. You don't know? Didn't you take geography in school growing up? <laughs> Real story. They had these ex- these um, strict guidelines in elementary school in fifth grade that you had to know every single state and its capital. Yep. And I was so sweating it in fourth grade. And then they just, for whatever reason, <laughs> said, that's not happening anymore. <laughs> I really could have used that class. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Kay. I hated that. In what year did Texas become a state? 1812. I don't know. Do you know, Brandon? 1892? 1845. Oh, oh yeah, 1845. Tech, yeah, I'm closest. Yep. Okay, and which famous That's embarrassing. battle for Texas independence took place in San Antonio? The Alamo. The Alamo. You got it. I, I think Brandon's probably on a delay on I Zoom was, anyways. No, I was going to say that at the end of the episode. I think we've got him on a half-second delay. So, Okay, a couple more questions. Perfect. What is the largest church in Texas? The Ooh. Alamo Church. The Alamo Church. No. Well, that's Would probably... that So the largest by population? I don't know. I just threw us a, this out there for fun. <laughs> this is also Toby's voodoo I math. Think... <laughs> Might not be right at all. I think it's Pastor Joel Osteen's church. Yeah. According to like Church Outreach Magazine, um, yeah. I, th- I think uh, Lakewood is the third yep. largest in the nation, which is the top in Texas. Nice. And then is Gateway like maybe number four? Like you guys are very yeah, close behind. I don't keep up with it enough. I think it's in that, yeah, three or four range. I love so. that you don't know, Brandon, because Brandon's about the people, not the amount That's of right. people. Yeah. yeah and the, the final Texas-based one. question, who is the greatest front-of-house church engineer? Is it Brandon Conniff of Gateway or Mike Smith of Prestonwood? Ooh, I love Mike Smith. Don't put that <laughs> on me. You know I'm not good at choosing between friends. I, I think we just have to pick Brandon because this is his episode. My- and then if Mike's listening to this, he can then, you know, tweet us online and just tweet us. We don't have a Twitter <laughs> I on love, for church I gear. love, uh, I've been around Mike a few times. I love his smile and just his heart. And he is a great dude. His, 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 the reason for why he does things, you know, it's, it, it's awesome. What yeah. I like about Mike the most is he's very professional looking, but he's playful. Yes. He's playful. Mm-hmm. Like I got a video sent to me of him just <laughs> spinning a speaker on top of another speaker. And I was like, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Brandon, let's talk just a couple minutes about um, some specifics of systems at Gateway. So, I mean, you're the audio guy, so let's talk about your audio systems. You guys are a Digico yeah. house. Um, you know, what are you running at the uh, at the Southlake campus for consoles? Yeah, the Southlake campus has three um, Digico SD7 
Quantums. Um, both or all three of them have dual dual engines. Um, each engine has a Waves Waves rig running Super Super Rack and uh, the Waves the new Waves Ultimate uh, plan. Um, that's kind of the console, and then we have some SD racks throughout the building. Uh, three on stage, one upstairs in video. Um, we're about to install some orange boxes to get Dante feeds into our our Pro Tools system. So that'll be fun. Um, that's pretty much the audio system. The PA is is Meyer Sound. Um, all of our rooms are Meyer Sound uh, and Digigo. Um, here we've got the Lion, uh, Lion and Leopard and and eleven hundred subs and there's like a hundred boxes total in the in the South wow. Lake building. So yeah. What um, I know you were talking to, with me about this last time we chatted, but what is the intention behind the Meyer system there? Yeah, so um, early, you know, years ago, um, when we were talking PAs, um, of course, we we went down the, the trail of there's, you know, 10 major ones that sound great, right? It's like, how do you pick? Um, everything seems to sound great these days. Um, for us, the main reason that we went Meyer is that that vocal intelligibility that they provide. Um, and also, I mean, anything, you pull it out of the box, it's it's going to sound great right out of the box. Um, from box to box, even, I mean, we can have a box go down and we replace it with a box at another campus. And they're pretty much the same. Like, it's really hard to get two Meyer boxes um, that are in the same family or same model to sound you know, that much different. And yeah. so consistency, um, consistency is a big deal. Um, how to use the product is really, really straightforward. Their processors are really easy to use. Um, they're really easy to rig. So all those things kind of combined um, really helps. And then number one, I should have started with it is just relationship. Honestly, um, relationships with all of our manufacturers and, and, and integrators and stuff, we, we, that's a really high priority. And so like, we know who to call when we need something, something's broken, we know who to call. Um, and they're really, really fast to get it, to get it re repaired and, and replaced or whatnot. So. And if leadership magically handed you, let's just say $2 million and said, do whatever mm -hmm. you want with, uh, putting together a new audio system, what, what would you do? What would you choose just for, you know, kicks and giggles here? Well, I think at first he'd buy a Bucky's. Wow. <laughs> so uh, buy a Bucky's. Yeah. I'd love, man, Bucky's, man, it is lunchtime. <laughs> they have some really good barbecue. Um, man, I just love going to Bucky's and just looking at stuff too. Um, anyway, so if I had $2 million, whew, my goodness. Um, I'll throw you I'm a really curve. intrigued right now. So a space map go, I'm really interested in some space map go stuff. Um, how that might could be integrated in our building um, to give us some pretty cool surround type feel mm. effects. Not so much of, not so much like a um, musical, but more like effects for our shows. And when we do special events and stuff like that. So not that that would cost $2 million. Um, I mean, it might, but um, man, there's so much I could do. It's, it's hard to pinpoint one specific thing. Um, it's, I don't want to get in trouble saying stuff either. So, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's how to steward that money. I think I would first, um, I would first uh, be intentional with sitting down with my team and, 
and kind of writing out a plan of how how do we how do we make this work for Gateway for the next however many years? How can we best steward this money um, to to help basically just you know whatever we can do to help build a kingdom? And so um, I don't think there's one thing I would throw it at. There's probably a bunch of things, uh, people included. So that would be a tough one. That's what I was going to say is I was going to throw you a curveball and say $2 million on tech or two full-time positions, and you can only pick one. <laughs> are they making a million bucks each? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just emphasizing how uh, valuable people are. Yep. He, he very danced bad, very, very well there. He, uh, you yeah. know, treaded carefully, but he gave us a fun little, you know, with his Space Map yeah. Go comment. So, yeah. Now all of yeah, our I'm listeners are like, Space Map Go, let's, I want to look that thing up now. Mm-hmm. All right, Brandon. Yep. So you avoided a, a disastrous moment there. You didn't get in any trouble, but we would like to hear yeah. about it regardless. So that tell us. That wasn't a, your worst okay. segue ever, Blake. I'm kind of proud of you. You know, some segues have one wheel. Some segues have none. That one had two. This, now yeah, it's getting this, worse. Uh, You're getting off the rails now. <laughs> well, you distracted me. <laughs> tell us a, a moment when everything went wrong, how you handled it, what you learned from it. Yeah, this nightmare, it was probably 10 years ago. Um, it was here at the South Lake campus. I was on front of house for that weekend. Um, and it was one of those deals where we finished worship sound check. Uh, we were ready to go. And I forgot that it was um, um, communion weekend. And so communion weekend means a secondary pastor comes up on a mic holding elements, right? You can't hold a mic. Of course, they do nowadays. They hold handheld and figure it out. I don't know how they do that. I'd spill the juice everywhere. Yeah, Because um, you have those cups now that you can't open. Who, who, who made those? Uh, anyway, so it was communion weekend. They're like, hey, pastor, uh, he would prefer a lavalier. So back in those days, we had these things that you clip on uh, before headsets called lavs. Um, and so I was like, okay, great. Um, so I kind of scrambled. I forgot someone. I feel like they had already told me. Of course, we have our service agenda and everything. I should have known. But at that point, there was only about... 30 minutes before service started. So I had to I had to scramble to find the headset, get the belt pack, put the batteries in it, make sure it's on the right frequency, all that stuff, which takes, you know, five, 10 minutes. Um, and then I went back to front of house and turned uh, turned it up, rang it out, make sure it, it sounded decent. And I remember inserting, um, back in those days, 10 years, we had these things called graphic EQs. Yes, um, know them well. So And Digico has them built in. So, you know, I was in a, in a rush, in a rush moment. Um, and I, and I inserted, um, a graphic on this particular headset, kind of rang it out, kind of just squawked out two or three frequencies, um, got it sounding good. And then, and then rushed it back to the green room, came back to front of house and didn't really think anything of it, thought everything was good. Um, so fast forward to four o'clock service. We, we have our video, uh, running our countdown. And right into song one, boom, nothing but feedback. I mean, Oof. this loud 1K just, you know, we no one knew where it was coming from. And so my boss was sitting next to me, and I was like, I have no idea what's, what this is, what's happening. Um, so we, I panicked, and uh, I just start turning things down, you know, in just kind of that panic mode. Um, and come to find out, I had inserted... So the pastors on the front row in front of the front fields is why mm. this thing is feeding back. So long story short, 
the heads the the lob is inserted that the graphic that I had picked for that was was somehow the bass guitar uh graphic somewhere which I don't <laughs> really understand how it worked but I had returned I had like the the return of the bass guitar was coming through the headset or something so it finally I finally dawned on me um that that had what ha- that is what happened so um it took me so by this time, no band is in the house, and I have the worship leader singing, and they're just singing, right? And, and they've got the congregation kind of at bay at this moment. We all know that this problem has come. Everybody heard it. There's no more band. There's just a worship leader singing. And he's like telling the congregation, hey, just letting everybody know there was no PA back in the Bible days, you know, <laughs> so let's just uh, sing some a cappella right here. So he did a good job of keeping everybody going. Uh, meanwhile, I'm trying to still figure out what the heck I did. Um, so once I figured it out, I was able to turn the, the, the insert off on that, on that channel, um, and get through the service again. But man, that, that was an absolute nightmare. I remember it as if it was yesterday. My wife had, she happened to be there and she was behind me and all I could, I couldn't turn around and look at her. I just knew she was like, she was just like. God, please help him figure this out, yeah. you know? Um, and it took me an entire song to figure it out. So that happened. That was the worst thing that I've ever done live uh, at front of house. Um, so, I mean, what I learned was preparation. I mean, nowadays it's like, hey, I'm going to make sure I come in early. I'm going to make sure my session is properly loaded and properly set up, Um I'm just going to have a little more bandwidth and a little more margin in, in, in what I'm doing throughout the day so that when we do, not to say there's never going to be a problem, um, but that was a problem I created because I rushed too quickly. And so um, definitely learned from that. And that, that thought, that story, like, it doesn't haunt me, but like I think about those moments when that stuff yeah. happens. Like you have to kind of recall those to help you reset and remember, Hey, that's, that is something that happened. Um, and if I'm not careful, like I can make the same mistake again, you know? So just having that mindset as I go about, um, doing whether it's front of house or monitors or broadcast, whatever, um, taking the extra time and making sure I'm prepared. So, you know, some of the biggest, uh, mistakes can leave scars and those scars physically are to remind us not to do them again. Uh, in yep. this moment, it's kind of a lesson that you now take through your, uh, the rest of your days. So give us a, a tech takeaway. Give us another lesson that, you know, you'd say to a room full of techs that would make their Sundays better. Um, you know, other yeah. than not having that moment happen to them as well. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my, t- the tech takeaway is not as techy as I would want it to be. Um, for me, and my team, where we're kind of at right now, um, we're in this season. Um, for me personally, um, I'm in this season of uh, um, being more relational with my team, and not not putting the tech so far over there. But I think we get kind of in our bubbles so so often, um, our tech bubbles that we we forget about the the people. And so that that's something that I'm like chewing on and working through with with the team to make sure that we're relational. Um, whether that mean like just step out of the booth if you need to go pray for somebody or um, 
you know, I mean, we have Monday morning prayers. That's very relational. So I think we get into our tech bubbles and we want to just do tech, tech, tech all the time. Um, but for us in our season, um, you know, we're really looking at, at relational equity as a, as a big thing uh, for what we do. Um, and so I, uh, I wrote it down. I had a, a scripture here. So obviously um, we're all about people here because God is about people. Um, so that's why we're about people. And that's straight from Pastor Robert's heart and a big vision from, for Gateway Church. But, you know, Jesus came to serve, not to be served, um, which is Matthew 20, 28. So that's, if we just kind of have that mindset as, as we go throughout our day, throughout our shifts and events, um, that we're here to, to serve people. Yes, we're here to push faders and stuff, but serve people and really stay in a mode of, uh, of worship as you're going through your services and stuff. You know, really, really make sure your heart is in a good spot um, and have worshipful moments with your team. Um, and that's just, for me, that's, that's my takeaway right now. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Well, Brandon, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Any, anywhere you want to point people towards? Yeah, I would say uh, it's great. Ha- thanks for having me. Uh, it was awesome. I uh, love you guys. Uh, Church Gear, if you're listening, uh, Church Gear is the place to go um, when your church is needing to offload gear. Believe me, we've done it with these guys. They're incredible. Um, very easy to work with. You guys are so professional. We're going to continue to work with you guys. Um, but if you're a church out there, maybe you're a big church, maybe you're a small church, uh, and you just don't know even if you just don't know what to ge- what gear you might need to solve a simple problem, Church Gear has has the gear for you. Um, and so, wanted to plug that for you guys. Um, and obviously, if you want to learn more about Gateway Gateway Church, uh, you can go to gatewaypeople.com. Uh, we are 4 p.m. live on Saturdays, uh, which you can uh, find us on YouTube. Um, so yeah, that's 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 our uh, that's our info. So it was great great being with you guys. Brandon, that was very kind of you to say. No, <laughs> never had the guest plug us. I mean, he gave us two commercials there. I'm just gonna cut those up, put those straight to Instagram. Nice. <laughs> Were you using that like undesignated piece of your budget simply to hire Brandon to do a shout out on our pod? Was, I was. was I mean, for? I did hide that Venmo sin from you before we started this. So. Uh-huh. Oh. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining you us, guys man. Are great. Yeah, thank you all. You guys are great. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope to see you back next week for more absurd stories, tech takeaways, and overall buffoonery here at the Church Gear Studios. So Blake, uh, at your church, are the communion elements really hard to open? I have multiple stains on all of my white pants. (laughs) So at my church, uh, they were terrible. And then one person in the congregation said, enough. And he approached the pastor and said, I want permission to research this problem and find an easier solution and then pay for a year's worth of communion cups. And of course, what do you think the pastor said? Tech, yeah. Tech, yeah. So we literally have extremely easy communion elements to open. It's very easy to get just a dose of goodness. Wow. Well, if you want a dose of goodness and you want to make it easy for people, send in this episode. Share it on your Instagram. Share it. You know, if you're listening to the Spotify app, it's super easy to share or text it to them and say, hey, I think you'd like this part because we need to give doses of goodness to people. Yeah. And don't make it hard to open the Church Gear podcast.
Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church gear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works. 